As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball 15, we'll see which Detroit Tigers can motor your way to a fantasy title. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, March 10th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Derek Van Riper and DVR. I know that this is a bit of a contrast from our last episode when we talked about the Padres, maybe in terms of fantasy uh, community interest, but I got to say there are some uh, members of this Tigers roster that I'm, I'm very intrigued about and really looking forward to talking about in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's a team on the upswing to young talent starting to arrive. They took a few interesting shots this offseason. So I think there are some pretty fun job battles to break down at the very least. Yeah, for sure. So we'll talk about some of those and a bunch of other stuff with Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic. He covers the Tigers for The Athletic. So, Cody, thank you so much for joining us and uh, looking forward to talking about this team. Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive right in. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start uh, with a player that I am keenly interested in, and yet I've been avoiding him because I'm not sure what his role is, and that's Victor Reyes. I uh, had him on several teams in 2020 and even in 2019, but with the acquisitions of, uh, or with the yeah, with the acquisitions of Robbie Grossman and Omar Mazzara, where's the the playing time going to come from? Yeah, I think we'll still see plenty of Reyes, but right now he probably projects best as kind of the Tigers' fourth outfielder. Um, he'll probably hit, you know, he's a switch hitter. They brought in Nomar Mazzara, who they hope can really kill right-handed pitching. So you could almost see Reyes playing more against left-handed pitching. That said, I think they'll still work him in. He could see time at all three outfield spots. He was a big-time player for the Tigers last year, but I think because of his low power profile, his relatively low walk profile, uh, they were hoping to upgrade. So they're going to take a shot on Mazzara. There's always a chance if Mazzara doesn't work out, Reyes returns to a, a real regular starting role, maybe even hitting atop the order. Uh, but for right now, he'll be more of a fourth outfielder, at least to begin the season. All right. And you had recently written a piece about Isaac Paredes, and it sounded like he has a pretty decent chance of making the team for uh, for opening day. So if that does happen, who is going to be most likely maybe to lose some playing time? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Paredes was an interesting case, given that there's certainly an argument to be made that he should start in AAA, but A.J. Hinch seems to really like Paredes' bat, would like to carry him on the roster. If he's not on up on opening day, I think he will be up shortly thereafter. In terms of the roster spot, that probably puts Harold Castro in a lot of danger. Um, but if you do carry Paredes, it will be interesting to see how they get him at bats, because you have Jonathan Scope, um, at second base, you have Jamer Candelario at first base. Right now, it looks like Renato Nunez has the inside track at, at first. Candelario is at third, excuse me. Uh, but if you carry Paredes, it's it's entirely possible Candelario switches back over to first, and we see a lot of Paredes at third. Uh, they would also like Paredes to be able to play second a little bit, so maybe you mix and match him um, on days where you want to give Scope the day off or maybe play Scope as your DH. I think we'll see a lot of different lineup combinations, but that that's definitely a consideration. If you carry Paredes, you can't let his bat um, spoil on the bench. You have to work him in somehow, and it's not entirely clear you know, what that infield configuration will look like. Let's talk about this rotation. We'll start with one of the longstanding members of this group. Matthew Boyd had a very disappointing 2020 ERA. was up in the high sixes. The whip wasn't good. The strikeouts were still there, but not quite at the clip that we saw in 2019 when he racked up 238 Ks and 185 innings. What went wrong for Boyd last year, and what are his chances of bouncing back in 2021? Yeah, I think Boyd was dealing with a lot last year in addition to just the shortened season and the pandemic. I think he had had a couple minor injuries in summer camp that kind of altered his mechanics to where by the time he was fully healed, his mechanics were still off kilter, but he struggled for the past two years, three years, and just giving up home runs, too many fastballs, too many sliders over the plate. We saw Boyd pitch a little better toward the end of last season when he really started mixing in his change up more. That's definitely a goal going forward is to not just be a fastball slider pitcher. Can he have success with his change with his curveball? Um, he didn't have quite that same success with his swing and miss slider that generated a ton of punch outs in 2019 that's still a really good pitch when it's on. So I think in terms of the strikeouts, there's a good chance those will still be there, but you're definitely taking a risk with Matthew Boyd. We've seen him in 2018 and 19 have a really strong first half and then trail off in the second half. Now it's getting time to, to where he has to put it together for a full year, or he might not be around in this rotation that much longer. So interesting. I think still a high upside guy in terms of the strikeouts, in terms of his ability to get swings and misses, um, but given the track record of home runs, given he's several in, years into his career now and still has these inconsistencies, um, he's he's one that could be a cautionary tale for fantasy owners. Yeah, definitely the kind of guy, too, that you know when teams are, are looking to trade a player with years of control left and get a haul yeah. of prospects back, every once in a while teams can hold that player too long, pass on right. some deals, and end up catching the wrong side of that decision. Uh, let's talk about Spencer Turnbull for a moment. I mean, we're going to get to the the really exciting young starters in this episode, but Turnbull is a guy that always comes up when Eno Saris is looking for pitching sleepers. He sees <laughs> yeah. a deep arsenal. He sees decent command. And if you take all the best parts of what Turnbull has done over parts of three seasons in Detroit and you mush them together, you do get a pretty good pitcher. Uh, what do you think 2021 is going to bring for him? Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe Turnbull. I think there are times where he has elite stuff, but does he have elite command or elite composure? Not quite. Granted, he you know had a I think a, um, you know a sub four ERA last year. He's probably the best pitcher on the Tigers staff. There's a guy who's had a lot of success kind of under the radar and has had some games where he's really dominated. 
So one thing to keep in mind with the Tigers is they're bringing in a new pitching coach and Chris Fatter from the University of Michigan, who I think could make a really big difference. This guy gets the the analytics as well as anyone in the game. I mean, you're already seeing spring training guys adjust their arsenals, throw more four seams at the top of the zone, work off that, things like that. Um, I think Chris Fetter will really modernize how Tigers pitchers use their arsenals. And when you talk about trying to maximize a guy's stuff, Spencer Turnbull is one of those first names that comes to mind. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic about Spencer Turnbull this year. With him, it's one of those things where his biggest problem is, is not the stuff. It's probably mental. Can he settle himself down? Can he consistently throw strikes? If he can do that and if this coaching staff can help him do that and if he continues to grow in his confidence – um, you could be looking at a, at a front end starter in Spencer Turnbull, who I think nationally, in, unless you read a lot of Vino Saris, maybe enough people don't know about yet. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty high on Turnbull for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's look at the bullpen before we get to the young starters. Uh, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago who's closing for the Tigers in 2021, I would have said <laughs> Joe Jimenez, of course. And you look at this depth chart now, and you could probably make an argument that he's not even second or third in line for saves. How do you see the closer pitcher coming together in A.J. Hinch's first year calling the shots? Yeah, the closer job is totally wide open right now. A.J. Hinch says he does want to name a closer, but he's probably not going to do that until the end of camp. So you look at the contenders, and it's everyone in the bullpen. Brian Garcia held down that closer role toward the end of last year, posted a really low ERA, but doesn't generate a lot of swing and misses. I'm not sure his stuff is overwhelming. I'm not really sure he's the type of profile you want for a kind of a lockdown closer. He still may have the inside track on that job, and he was the all-time saves leader at the University of Miami, so he has a knack for, for pitching late in games. In terms of the best pure stuff, that goes to Gregory Soto, a guy who can throw a triple-digit fastball, has a pretty nasty slider, but also has a terrible penchant for, for issuing too many walks. I think Soto could be a huge piece of this bullpen, but given his command issues, I think it's tough to see him slotting in at the closer role right away. So a sleeper name to watch is Jose Cisnero, who was maybe the Tigers' most consistent power pitcher out of the bullpen the last two years another upper 90s guy who doesn't quite get the attention of Soto but has better stuff than Garcia and is probably more consistent than Jimenez Uh, he might be my leader to be the closer at least if it's not Garcia and then Joe Jimenez is not totally forgotten that's another guy can Chris Fetter work to really maximize his stuff it's probably make or break year in terms of Jimenez's future in Detroit he was an all-star in 2018 he's really struggled since But if you look, I think his final nine or 10 outings last year, he did not allow a run. It seemed like something really clicked for him late last season. And we'll see if he can carry that over or if we will continue to kind of see the up and down from from Jimenez that, you know, has has got him booted from the closer role in the past. Well, you know, we would certainly be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, prospects and spend a good amount of time prospects with this Tigers organization. So let's get right to that. And uh, as DVR alluded to, uh, a lot of them could enter the rotation picture. So, of course, we've already seen Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning still waiting there in the wings. So, you know, again, sort of like with the outfield situation, you have some veterans brought onto the roster, Julio Tehran and um, Jose Urania. 
Thank you. Jose Arrhenia. That's exactly what I was uh, searching for there. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a frustration for a lot of people in the fantasy community. So how are my Scooble and Manning going to find a path to the rotation in 2021? Yeah, it's one of those where it's it's maybe a little bit risky to take one of those guys, but also there's so much upside as a fantasy owner. It's kind of like, what do you what do you do? I'm of the mindset that the Tigers called up Mize and Scooble last year because they want them to pitch in the big leagues, and there's still a strong chance that they will find room for them in the rotation. The Tigers will probably use a six-man rotation for a good portion of the season. It's it's talking like they might go five guys right off the bat just because there are a couple off days. You factor in bad weather and Cleveland and in Detroit. So your question is, okay, are Mize and Scooble both in this five-man rotation? Because I think Turnbull is for sure. I think Boyd is for sure. And then between Mize, Scooble, Michael Fulmer, Julio Tehran, and Jose Urania, there's a lot of question marks. I think at least one of those guys is going to get um, pushed to the bullpen. And if you have to start one of those guys in the minors, it would probably make sense for it to be Mize or Scooble. But I think the Tigers also want those guys in the big leagues. So we'll see if there's an injury before the end of camp. We'll see how things shake out. I think regardless, they're both going to be in the rotation for the vast majority of this year. Now, granted, their innings are going to be a little bit limited because of last year and because they're young prospects. But Tarek Skubal's stuff has continued to look electric so far in spring. Um, Casey Mize, you know, he's talked about switching up how he uses his arsenal, throwing some more elevated four-seamers, working a splitter off of that. His fastball command has been off so far in spring, as it was in his debut last year. So at Auburn, this guy was known for command. There's a thought that he'll sort that out, no problem. But that's something to keep an eye on. And then Matt Manning, maybe the most interesting of all three. He's going to start the year in AAA, but I think we'll see him up sometime this summer for sure. Um, you know, if there's an injury or something, he could be one of those first guys to get the call. He's really refined his mechanics, um, cleaned up his curveball, added kind of a sharper breaking ball in addition to his well, six curveball. I think there's kind of this idea that Manning still needs to face some AAA hitters, especially because he can become so fastball curveball dependent. Can he really mix in a third pitch? He has a decent changeup, but can he mix it in effectively? We'll see how he fares in AAA, but but again, I think we'll see him make you know at least ten starts, if not more, in the big leagues this year. All right. Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing that. And coming off of 2020, when we didn't have uh, the minors, it's really hard to judge where those 2020 draftees are in their development process. So would certainly appreciate some insight on when we can expect to see Spencer Torkelson reach the majors. Yeah, I don't think Torkelson gets up this year unless there's really a unique set of circumstances. That would probably include an injury in the Tigers infield. That would probably include a trade that you lose either a Jamer Candelario or a Renato Nunez. And there's this opening. And then that would have to combine with Torkelson. He'll probably start in high A. So I would probably assume he rakes. He gets a quick promotion to double A. He dominates in double A. And then he's in triple A. And it's like, okay, do you bring him up in August or September? And that would require a very unique set of circumstances. And, and he would have to be killing it. Um, I think more realistically, Torgelson is knocking on the door early 2022. We see him sometimes summer 2022. That's, of course, assuming he hits well in the minor leagues. Uh, he doesn't have a professional at bat to his name yet. He's actually 0 for 8 with five strikeouts so far in his spring training career. I don't think that's uh, cause for panic by any, by, by any means, but there's still a young guy. He's going to have to hit in the minor leagues. He's got a couple more rungs to climb. So this time next year, I think it'll be a lot more realistic to start talking about Torgelson. 
All right. Well, there's a lot to look forward to with this team and with this organization. Uh, lots to talk about throughout the season. But for this episode of Fantasy Baseball 15, we are going to wrap it up. So if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And when you take the time to fill out our listener survey, just click on the link provided in the show notes. So Cody, thanks again for coming by and uh, talking some Tigers with us. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right. Well, for Cody Stevenhagen and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back with you on Thursday.